Welcome back, Power Collectors. Beta test number five, live from Las Vegas, raw and uncut and unedited. Today's beta test is shifting the desk. Well, it's actually a table, $30 table from Target to the left of the room. So my voice is pointing west instead of north. You might be hearing a different echo because the door is slightly open and the air conditioning is in the background. Let me know if you can hear the air conditioning because it was 122 when I uh, got into the big cargo van today to pick up some dim sum for the wifey. That's obviously not the temperature after the aircon kicked in, but for a few five minutes there, it's pretty damn hot in the high desert. So I've got to run the aircon. The closet doesn't have an aircon vent, but if I go into another room, there's going to be an echo. So we're still, you know continuously improving the podcast i'm still not there to where i want to bring on guests sign up for riverside fm do interviews schedule and all that because this is my hobby my hobby is giving back helping you become a power collector master power player industry professional or simply get into the game as a newbie or collector that's just starting out to seek out information i'm here to help you i'm here to share knowledge and i have wisdom which a lot of people may not have in the small business entrepreneurial space. I have wisdom from failure. I've tried to start 15 to 20 ideas, probably got 10 to 12 off the ground. A couple are still alive today, and I've been beyond that 10-year mark. That's really what you're looking to do if you start something. Where do you want to be in 10 years, right? Today's about sales taxes. That's probably day one. You want to stop paying sales taxes, but the question is why? because you want to purchase inventory with hopes that you can sell it for a profit. You can also sell it for a loss, which helps you in terms of income taxes with the IRS or the state. But let's start with a disclaimer. This does not apply to people overseas unless you're shipping to, uh, let's just say, one of the states. What do we mean by one of the states? Let's just Google no sales tax states. I know Oregon for sure. I've lived in Oregon. I've bought probably a million dollars worth of electronics, computers, video games, uh, movies, TV shows, you name it when I lived in Oregon. And that was the reason I moved to Oregon is because I was tired of pulling out what we're going to talk about today and showing it at places like Best Buy or even Target. Target in Vegas versus Target in California versus Target in Oregon is very different. It really depends on the supplier, quote unquote, which is basically the companies that you're going to be doing business with. And basically, like kind of the manager's attitude at the store. Now, Costco is a great example of somebody that you can take nationwide with a seller's permit and walk up to the register after you're set up and they'll ask you, is this for resale? So let's say you buy three computers at Costco and two of them you're going to sell or maybe take to Southern South America, um, open them up, put them in your suitcase, put a couple laptops in there, gift them, sell them, whatever. That's uh, that could be resale as well. That's like in the gray zone, right? So it looks like 
five states in the United States of America don't currently have sales tax. Alaska, Delaware, Montana, New Hampshire, and Oregon. So if you're shipping to those states, and that's probably also where the vaults are, including the Golden Vault, um, I'm guessing is in Delaware. And I'm positive that the PWCC vault is in Oregon. And I know the whale has his collection over there and he's making a movie about that with PWCC. There's a lot of collaboration taking place in the hobbies right now. It's a great time to be building a company, building a team, collaborating, merging, uh, buyouts, um, you name it. You know, this is the first time I can remember in 10 years where you can put together a team without having to have a million dollar investor. So if you're shipping to those states, that's the easy way. You don't need a sales tax permit. You don't need to register. You should, if you're doing 600 or more on, on a marketplace, quote unquote, what is a marketplace? A marketplace generally is a company like Amazon, eBay, Walmart, uh, maybe Mercari, but not really because that's not really for resellers. It's basically Amazon and eBay. I guess Facebook has a marketplace. So if you do 600 more on there, Instagram has shops. If you do 600 more on there, I would assume they're going to cut you a 1099K. If you want to know what that is, uh, look up, uh, just Google power collectors, hopper taxes, and it'll probably come up. Um, the big decisions are going to be that podcast episode I dropped called powerful tax decisions. That'll take you through address, name, structure, uh, thinking about states, where to, where to headquarter your business. If you want to do a team, family business, LLC, corporation, etc., you can go to that. But today's episode is dedicated to people starting businesses in America, such as a home business, a small LLC, maybe a small corporation. I would recommend Las Vegas, Nevada for that. And this goes out to Fletro Retro, who says he's working on some big things for the hobby. And uh, he's in California, which is one of the highest compliance states. And I want to warn you that taxes are not the end of the paperwork. There's something called compliance. So like in California, if you want a fully legal business you're in your home, you might need a home occupation permit with the city. You might need a business license with the city. You might need to report your desk, your laptop, your microphone, and your equipment to the county in terms of property taxes. And those are business property taxes, not your home. That's a different kind of property tax that would probably be personal. And you would write off some of that if you're doing the home business. A home business is kind of like having two buckets in one. And when you do write-offs, basically you have to decide what bucket does it go in. Is this a write-off or is this personal? And ask your tax professional. The other thing is the state also has several requirements if you're going to do an LLC or corporation, and you could call those taxes. I kind of look at them as taxes, fees, but the general term is compliance. If you start an LLC or corporation in California, you're going to get hit with an $800 and up yearly fee or tax. Washington may look juicy because it has no income taxes, but they have a business tax based on gross revenues. Reno and the county around Reno, Reno has no income taxes because of Nevada, but the county has weird rules about how you can use your garage in a home business. And they also might have rules on taking a cut of the gross. Same with Vegas. Vegas, the strip is different than downtown. 
It's different than the east or the south to Henderson. Those are all different rules, how you can use your home. And then if you're in the HOA, there's going to be rules there. You can't have any customers. You can't do a home business, but you can do a home office. So there's all kinds of things that are involved with compliance if you want a legal business. So if you want a legal business, I'm the man to talk to, the boy man, the boy child, the man man, whoever I am. I'm the guy to talk to, but I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an EA. I'm not a tax preparer anymore. I was a registered tax preparer that went through the h and I, I pretty much aced the H&R Block classes both in California about mm, 12, 15 years ago, and then again in Oregon maybe five years ago. So I've actually passed both tests and taxes in two states there, but I'm not currently registered. The other thing is I have 30 years of entrepreneurship, 12 startups in multiple states, even in Japan, but my expertise would be California, Washington, Nevada, and Oregon. With that said, this is my opinion. This is my giving back to the hobbies in terms of knowledge, education, wisdom. Wisdom is really what matters. Some people don't like compliance. Some people don't like paying taxes. Some people want to keep it simple. Some people have high income and they want to get complicated and reduce that income. Some people are willing to pick an address out of their state and build a team and pay no state income taxes and maybe pay no county taxes or property taxes because all it is is a plaque on a door. There is no desk. There is no computer. There is no grading machine or microphone or property taxes, right? Some places might have inventory taxes. All cities have rules about what you can do at home. And the general rule of thumb is the business license is cheap. It's a 50 or $100 yearly tax. It's usually based on number of employees. And the key thing here is if you're doing a home office, you want to tell or apply when you tell the first application you want to basically say you're very small i'm buying and selling widgets on ebay and i expect to sell 10 grand or whatever and you want to say stuff like there's never going to be any customers coming by no one's ever going to park in my driveway um, i'm never going to offer food to anybody so the things you don't want to do are like daycares teaching at home um, maybe cooking for people at home. You don't want to deal with customers if you own your home. And if you're asking my opinion, I would never use a home address that I own as my business address. That is my personal opinion because liability. And that is the primary reason to set up an LLC. So that's just a teaser. If you want to start with sales taxes, those are something you want to those are some things you want to think about for the next 10 years because what if you're successful? What if you do really well buying at Heritage, Golden, eBay, Amazon, maybe even Walmart without paying sales taxes because you're 10% ahead of the game for every other collector out there that hasn't filed these two simple forms. So today I got hit up by Fletcher Retro. He's working on um getting back into business. And the first step is how can I stop paying sales taxes on heritage? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Sales taxes. This is the first step in becoming a business. What is a business? A business could be a person. It could be two people, three people. It could be a million people like on Wall Street, you know, shareholders. Um, when you have shares in a company, you are actually an owner of that company. Um, there's activist investing like Carl Icahn 
He can go in, take 10% of a company and start making phone calls. And he can actually have CEOs moved aside, move board members. He can control companies with a 10% position. That's an extreme example. I always want to give that to you because as you move up the pyramid and you can listen to the power pyramid, that's the last episode. As you move from collector to power collector to possibly power dealer, master or power player, if not industry professional, you want to think big. Because if you are trying to get to that 10-year mark, provide for your family, uh, you know, build a company that you could sell off or sell pieces off. You know, my buddy who uh, started a company in the pandemic and it's one of the leading companies in the hobbies, he sold off a piece of his company. His cousins own the other part. He still has control, but it injected liquidity and it allowed him to explode his business within the course of a year. That's something you can do with an LLC or corporation. Okay. But if you're a reseller, generally, if you're buying and selling, most of you are probably doing home business and you may have not filed anything, right? And if you don't file anything, here's what's going to happen. Let's start with the bad news. If you don't file anything, Come, let's say, February, March, April 2022, if you're listening to this. No, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this in 2022, let's say, not January, the deadline's the 31st. It was extended in pandemic. But for those documents, such as 1099s, 1098, 1099-MIS, 1099-K, when you hire people that aren't employees, contractors, W-2s, all that type of stuff, the deadline for the, the employee basically the person holding the employment employment identification number, which by the way is free. The deadline for that person or company is usually January 31st. So you're going to see these documents arrive in February, March, early April. And it's up to you to voluntarily file your taxes, to voluntarily file your Schedule C if you have not started your business. And if you are filing a Schedule C, which is going to be required when you take your little form, the H&R block or wherever you talk to, no matter who the tax professional is, they're going to say, ooh, we're going to have to file a Schedule C. Tell me about your write-offs. You were actually in business in 2022. Okay, that's worst case scenario. You're going to have to go back, dig up your credit cards, dig up your invoices, dig up all your receipts. If you don't have your receipts and pay cash, you're either shed out of luck or you're going to have to estimate and hope you don't get audited. And if you do get audited, you're going to pull in a witness. And what happens when you get audited? I've been audited, so I have more wisdom than most people jabbering about taxes. I have been through an audit. I have filed a thousand tax returns and forms with the government, including local, city, county, state at multiple. And I have been audited way back in the day when I started my first real company, which is still going today. And um, it was because I was getting money, uh, not money orders, but wire transfers from Japan. They were very large. And that's what they focused on in the audit. Those were $10,000, $20,000 coming from Japan in the late 90s. That's an audit, right? They didn't care about me buying video games or actually at the time it was sports cards. They didn't care if I was going around to the local shows and spending 500 there, 1,000 there, buying Japanese players like Hideo Nomo to ship over to my retailers in Japan that were importing. They didn't care about those receipts. They didn't ask me like, show me the receipt for the hotel you stayed at in Vegas when you when you took your uh, Japanese um, trading partner over, you know, to the Caesars, we went through the Caesars uh, mall and he bought like a watch and, you know, it was a business trip 
quote unquote, writing off meals, going out to sushi, whatever, during the good times. And they don't ask for those receipts. They just don't. They're going to ask you for the most expensive weird receipts, such as wire transfers, such as possibly PayPal friends and family in large amounts that are repeating from the same individual, stuff like this. That's why I said this years ago. Watch out for PayPal friends and family. What happened? Once again, Hopper predicted the future. We just got the email, what, two, three weeks ago? PayPal family and friends is no longer available for businesses like myself, people that are in business that have registered as a PayPal business. And I've done that. It's a much better interface, by the way. I mean, it's a much better interface. You can download to Excel. You can um, you set up your EIN number. That way on your 1099K, you're going to have that special number that's not your social security number. That's another reason. Remember I said LLC liability. Another reason is EIN number allows you to stay anonymous. How many out? How many of my listeners out there have filed a Schedule C and have an EIN number? Filing a Schedule C is required if you receive a 1099K or like a MISC. A MISC would be like you know I have a um, I have a I have an old boomer hippie that I love that came into my one of my card shops back in the day, my third card shop. He walked in. We hit it off. He's a cool boomer. He's a very different type of boomer, very cool guy, the type of guy that would go to Woodstock, the type of guy that's been to the Fillmore and he collects rock posters. He's not rolling in the bucks like most of the boomers. You know, he's struggling just like me. He's a cartoonist. He's an artist. He's a collector. He collected baseball cards. He collects rock posters. He's got a ponytail. You know, he's got a couple cats and he's barely getting by in California. And for some reason, um, I convinced him during the boom times to uh, give his collection into the store and we would pay him out slowly over time as we sold his pieces. The best piece was an XRC Michael Jordan rookie, true rookie from 1984, two years before the Fleer that you hear about with Gary Vee. And uh, by the way, PSA just announced they're going to grade that now. Um, 10, 20 years after I had that in my hand at one time. But anyway, that was the crown jewel of his collection, but he had a whole bunch of stuff. And since then, since I failed, long story short, I failed. After the 9-11 Twin Towers went down, I went bankrupt, divorce, repossession. Uh, I sold all $50,000 worth of inventory, auctioned it off on eBay, and the, the final bid to two girls that turned it into a Pokemon shop and then went away in six months was like, I don't know, five, six grand. So I took a 90% haircut. And uh, yeah, that was bankruptcy, right? So I couldn't pay him off. I paid him a little bit of it. Let's say he put 10 grand in. I paid him one, two. I love you, by the way, if you're listening, Dave, you are the best. I owe you. If I make it, dude, you are going to make it with me. If we need any artwork, I'm going to you directly. I'd love to make a Hopper cartoon, by the way. That would be awesome. I've been thinking about that. Hopper walks into a sneaker shop. What's the most expensive sneaker? And, he, you know, I got a great idea for a cartoon. That's a story for another day. But anyway, Dave helped my business out at one time. A $10,000 injection of a beautiful collection across football, baseball, vintage. There was even a tobacco card in there, I remember. We had a Cy Young. I think I sold it for 100 It was a beautiful collection. The best collection I've ever come across in 30 years. And he just gave it to me. So I owe him. And long story short, I've been doing his taxes ever since.
since I owe him. I figure it's a hundred bucks a year, whatever. You're allowed to do taxes for free. So it's for free. I did not trade that collection for tax preparation services. That collection went into a different company. I did the tax preparation for karma as a friend and that's legal. So it turns out, you know, I ended up doing his daughter's taxes and her daughter has a husband. They're both in the mentally ill or I can't remember. It's at-risk youth education as their day job. But the husband plays electric guitar and he's pretty, actually, he's really fucking good. I haven't heard him live, but uh, he's got to be really fucking good because he gets 1099s. How many musicians do you know that get a 1099? And the question is, what's on the 1099, right? It's a name and address. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That is the most important thing to decide on before you go get a PayPal account, before you set up no sales taxes, before you start an LLC, before you do this, before you do that. The address is so freaking important. You start with the state and you ask yourself, do I want to pay sales taxes? Do I want to pay income taxes or do I want to pay both? That's the question you need to answer there. And then the other question is, if you own your house, do you want to risk your family? Let's say you're doing a card show and or let's say you're just doing a show and you have a very heavy table and someone slips in front of the table and some of your inventory injures someone. Or let's say you hire someone and they're driving into the parking lot. Uh, they clip someone and they kill someone or someone gets hurt really bad. You know, in that situation, if you have a company, you could be liable. And if your company is headquartered in your home, they can take your home. If they hire a lawyer like the documentary I watched on uh, that medical Silicon Valley startup with the lady with the deep voice, I think Elizabeth, um, the prodigy that uh, I couldn't believe her board of directors. But the liability there, mixing blood and, and working on, on, oh my God, the health industry, that's full liability. And she's set up in the Stanford Research Park. So, you know, that's an extreme example. You don't want to be taking blood samples back to your home office. You don't want to be renting a large truck or a chainsaw if you're running a business out of your home office, right? If you're sending out baseball cards that are four ounces, chances are someone's not going to swallow them and die, right? And if they do, they're probably going to sue, you know, PSA. But I get I get notifications all the time from Amazon. You cannot sell this video game. It's a toy. It requires hazardous, hazardous that. It has pesticides in it. I mean, Amazon is the ultimate police. And there's so many products taking down on Amazon every single day because of liability and safety issues. It's not like it's going to happen. It's that when you run a legal business, your name, your address are on the line. Do you want to put your family wealth on the line? That's the other thing to answer. So do you want to pay state income taxes? Do you want to pay state sales taxes? And do you want to put your family's address on the line? If you're renting, eh, probably you're okay. And if you're moving a lot, you're very okay, like me. I'm always moving. I'm using addresses. I've used a lot of UPS store addresses, and if you do want to go that route, which I recommend if you own your house, if you can't afford to rent an office, you can go for a virtual office as low as $10 a month or a mailbox. 
And um, in those situations, you're looking for something called business license hanging. And probably most people that own a UPS store don't even know what you're talking about. Business license hanging basically means you're going to use that address to hang your business license. And what that means is when you file a tax return, when you file a return with the state, with the city, um, maybe the IRS, that's the address on those forms. And a lot of mailbox owners will say, I'm not really sure about that. And they'll probably say no, because they don't want to be liable. And that's not going to work for you. You've got to get an address that you can use on governmental forms. And that comes back down to compliance. I would love to do a compliance podcast, but it would be 10 hours long. I would have to start at the city and go all the way to offshore. There is a great movie online to watch called The Laundromat. If you want to think big and not pay any taxes, watch The Laundromat. I think one of the guys is the Zorro guy, um, which someone called me on Facebook. I think that was Josh out in Florida. The guy that never shows his face. Um, The Spanish guy. It's a great movie anyway. They're wearing white suits like Miami Vice the whole time talking about crazy, crazy business structures that their high net worth clients avoid all taxes with. They're cracking down on that. You know, you can take business trips to Panama or, you know, whatever the countries are left over that don't tax, but you've got to be able to afford, you know, jets and um, you got to have a lot of holdings and cash coming in that you want to hide for that to make sense. If you're just reselling and you're renting, you can start at home, you know, you can risk it. Um, that probably does it. Are you ready to start? So let's get into the nitty gritty of what it takes to pay no sales tax at the auction houses. This podcast is dedicated to a California power collector. And I would not recommend setting up in California, but if you have to, that's kind of the model for today's episode. I'm going to try to keep it general to where it applies no matter what state you're in. But my experience has been Oregon, California, Nevada, and Washington. So most of what I say is going to apply, but there might be some things such as a fictitious business name that you need to apply with the state. But in California, it would be the county, for example. Like in Nevada, you're going to tell the state when you open your business, what's your business name. In California, you're going to either tell them your name and the business name. But if you're going to go get a a fictitious name, which means a name other than your name or your last name, by the way, there's rules on that. Sometimes you can use your last name. Let's say um, John Smith. You can use Smith Games without having to file in some jurisdictions. When I say jurisdiction, that's a general term for city, state, county, region, okay? Because some places are between cities and counties or states, um, unincorporated areas, stuff like that. And you can bet your bottom dollar that the lawyers at Heritage and CGC and and PSA talk about this because um, collectors is in the highest tax area, whereas... Heritage doesn't pay any income taxes, and Florida as well doesn't have an income taxes. There's also employer taxes, stuff like disability, and and I don't even know much about payroll taxes, but that's a whole nother nightmare. Um, 
I would recommend starting a business where you you make your family partners as opposed to employees to get started. So let's talk about the good news. If you set up, here's the carrot, right? If you set up no sales taxes online where you purchase products for the purposes of resell, in other words, you are legitimately going to become a dealer, aka dirty reseller or reseller. There are certain companies that are reseller friendly and certain companies that are not reseller friendly. I'm going to mention a few. Here's the benefit of filing two pieces of paper with the, let's call them the supplier, or you probably would use the term platform, but you can also walk in to some of these companies, right? Such as Office Depot and Staples or Costco. You can actually walk in and Walmart used to give me a little card. It was like a business card, scribbled down my number. Fry's Electronics also. So Fry's, Walmart, Costco, Office Depot and Staples. You can set up sales taxes um, by sending in a couple forms, signing them and getting a little number internally. And then you can walk into those stores usually in any state and tell them at the cash register i'm purchasing this for resale for example bubble wrap tape cardboard boxes those are for resale because if you offer free shipping and you pack a wada game or a psa card or maybe even a coin or a comic into a box that you bought and you you tape it shut with tape that you paid and then maybe a shipping label you bought um, you're actually reselling those things or you can write them off as supplies. And technically, if you write them off as supplies, you're supposed to pay sales tax. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if it's free shipping, I'm reselling that stuff, right? It's built in. I offer free shipping on everything on eBay and I recently did that. I've been on eBay for 25 years. I recently did that because I realized after the changes a few years ago, most people are paying sales taxes. And I think like the customer, I'm half Japanese, the customer is king. Does the customer want to get hit twice? Do you like your golden invoice? Sales tax, shipping fee, handling fee, credit card fee. Do you enjoy those? Do you enjoy getting nickel and dime? That's why I say price your stuff high. Add free shipping to every single state. Add low cost international shipping. And then offer the make offer and put a put a ceiling, a place where you automatically reject so that when they put in a low offer, they get rejected immediately. And that's called the takeaway in business. When you take something away, when you walk in and try to buy a car right now, or you walk in uh, or you're trying to buy a game and, and the people say, I'm sorry, that's out of stock. I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait for that. Uh, let me check on that. Let me see if we have inventory. You wait 10 or 15 minutes. I'm so sorry. We don't have that for you. We don't have it for you today. We can't deliver it. You want it more, right? You want that thing more. You realize other people want it. You realize it's probably hip. It's probably cool. It's a probably good product, probably high quality. You want it more. So if you set your initial price high and you built in shipping and you build in a little bit for international, you can save a boatload of money. If you use UPS expedited flat rate boxes through stamps.com, you can get to Germany in a week for like 40 bucks. So if you're offering free shipping 25 domestically, you can just offer that for 15 bucks. And then you are reselling, right? 
well, you're either doing supplies or resale. Talk to your tax pro about that. But this is just an example. You can get no sales tax at Staples, Office Depot, Costco, Fry's Electronics, unfortunately, went bankrupt. That's where we started our business 12 years ago before video games. We were booming on RAM, laptops, peripherals, software, games. That's where I started on games. It was mostly TV shows where it started, movies. That was a great place. And occasionally you can do Best Buy. I've been able to do some Best Buys depending on the manager because when you go to customer service with that form, it depends on if they've seen it or not, right? So that's the benefit in the bricks and mortar world. Do you know of any other, let's say, retailer suppliers that are reseller friendly? Let me know. Drop me a DM. I would love to know. Costco for sure. And when you walk up to the cash register, you kind of have to say, this is for resale. This is not. There are a few resellers that do the Costco game. It's all about volume. Um, I'm not going to talk about products right now. But obviously, if you're buying food, you're going to want to own a restaurant. If you're buying shipping supplies, you're going to want to be a shipper. If you're buying computer and electronics, you're going to you're going to want to be an electronics reseller on eBay or whatever, right? You're buying it for the purposes of resale. And you're going to have to get used to that. And at Costco, they're really cool about it. Um, Best Buy hit and miss. Staples and Office Depot, you simply give them a card and they have to do something on the cash register and you pay zero sales taxes. Okay, let's talk about video games, right? Heritage, Golden, Comic Connect, Comic Link, 100% I can confirm because I've purchased, I don't know, six or seven figures at those sites over the last two years. Um, eBay, for sure. I've definitely purchased seven figures there. I mean, seven figures everywhere, including eBay is what I meant to say. eBay, 100%. Uh, Amazon, yes, I think. And Walmart, yes, I think. So, Heritage, Golden, Comic Connect, Comic Link, eBay, Amazon, and Walmart. I do believe 100% on everyone except Amazon and Walmart. And I think Amazon 100% if you get through their compliance, which is a bunch of questions. And Walmart, I don't know exactly how that works. Um, I don't know if you need to have a professional account, like I have a professional account on Amazon. Amazon has professional accounts, resale accounts, business accounts, and consumer accounts. Walmart's basically following Amazon. They're, they're copying Amazon across the board. They're trying to do FBA. They're trying to do Prime. They have a reseller platform. Um, the technology was just completely a mess when I started on the back end. When you're updating inventory, it was a nightmare. But they have improved, and in Q4... You can sell video games there for quite a pretty penny if nobody else is selling that specific title. They don't have variants. The thing about Walmart is you have a lot of competitors that are fly-by-night resellers that are doing refurbished. Same with Amazon. Um, talk to Josh Byerly. He's an expert on which sellers are cool, which sellers are not. If you're going to start flipping, this is actually called... Um, God, what is it called? Retail arbitrage. It's called online arbitrage, I think. Um, it's where you buy it online and sell it online. The old game used to be buy it in a store, sell it online. Then it went to online to online. So I think now in video games, if we're talking about video game slabs, it's buy it online, sell it online. And when I say online, I'm talking about, yes, you could buy it on Facebook Marketplace, Instagram, but that's not where you're buying it. You're making the connection there and that sole proprietor, reseller, collector, power collector, power dealer, master 
is shipping it to you and they are either complying or not. And there's a whipsaw effect on the IRS. I heard the states are actually worse during audits. If someone's writing it off and the other side isn't and that someone gets audited and that's one of the receipts they decide to dig into, there's a very small percentage chance that's not zero that they're going to put the other party on the radar. I don't know if that made sense to you right now, but I could do a podcast on the whipsaw effect. It's just not worth it, though. It's like one in a million chance of getting whipsawed by the IRS. And a whipsaw is one of those saws that has two people on on both ends. And I've actually used one of these saws with my dad cutting wood and because I grew up in a one bedroom, one, uh, a one bathroom farmhouse that he turned into a two. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I had a tough upbringing, but uh, I had five acres, rode mini bikes, motorcycles, whatever. But long story short, I had to cut wood because there was no central heating, no air conditioning, no food delivery. You know, we had septic, so the hot water would go out. But cutting wood was really cool because it was it was really like the purest version of teamwork. Like you had to get it perfect to get through the log as you're you're pulling and pushing and pulling and pushing. You're not really pushing because when the other side pulls, you kind of let the saw go. It's the whip saw. So on one side, someone's writing off a, a deduction. On the other side, the guy's playing in the gray market, buying things on Facebook, not claiming. And then if this one guy's doing big six-figure stuff and trying to write that off, the other guy's writing off zero, the other guy or girl, there is a small possibility you could get audited for the last three years or even further back. And that'll probably crush you. You might have to go for bankruptcy at that point if you're doing seven figures and not reporting. The other, let's say, slightly higher chance of audit, the rumor is one out of 100 business people and then they say it's double for home office. So it might be two out of 100 instead of one out of 100. That's another reason not to use home office. So now that we got over all the risks and all that, the good news is you can you can not delete sales tax, but you're going to get invoices from Heritage, Golden, Connect, and Link that don't have sales taxes. There will be a sales tax line. You're not getting a different invoice. It just says zero every single time. And believe me, it feels so damn good to get that invoice from Heritage every week and see zero under sales tax and zero under a credit card fee. And that's smart business, right? It took me a long time to get both of those at zero because I was using credit cards in the in the beginning. But I got a massive EIDL and I'm able to use that as cash at 3.75. So I'm paying 3.75 long run, but when I buy from Heritage, I'm not paying an additional 2.5, which would be up in the 6.25 range. If you can get a business loan at 6 or 5%, I, got, I get called, I don't know, I used to get called 10 times a day for the last two, three years straight because I started an LLC. I have many brands. I get called and texted two to 10 times a day. Um, can you use money? How can you use money? How much money do you need? And it's just a joke. Because all those lenders out there that prey on people that don't know about the stuff I'm talking about um, will get you in the door. And then there's fees. Then there's a draw fee, an interest fee. And, and it all works out to over 10%. If you are going to use credit, keep it below 6 which is 0.5% per month, right? If you're flipping something and you get it out the door in two months, you only paid a percent. But you don't want to pay 6x on your heritage invoice or 20x on your heritage invoice, the cost of doing business because you're lazy 
and you can't fill out two forms. So what are the forms? Well, the forms are in California. One is called a seller's permit. So that's the permission to buy and sell under the agreement that you get that for free if you comply. And compliance means filling out forms every month, quarter, or year, sending them in. It's all electronic now. Online forms as well. And paying sales taxes back to the state if you, let's say, set up at a show and sold some games in California. And whether you collected sales taxes or not, you owe sales taxes to the state because you either bake them in or you can charge them, which usually doesn't happen at shows. So if it's cash, that's totally up to you. But I'm talking about verified sales, stuff that shows up with a paper trail or actually it's an electronic trail today. So that's the first form. You need a seller's permit. What's on that form? Again, that's that dangerous address. And then there's going to be one or two names. It's going to be either your name and a DBA, or it's going to be a parent company name and then a DBA. So it could be John Smith. Uh let's say Red Rock Games, or it could be Power Inc. DBA Red Rock Games, right? Or it could be the highest risk would be John Smith at my home. And that means you are the company and that's what you would call a sole proprietorship. So here's what you want to ask your tax professional. Tell him, I own my home, I rent. What are the risks and differences between filing as a sole proprietorship, a single member LLC, or a sole proprietorship or LLC at some place I rent? So once you have that seller's permit or seller's certificate or sales tax certificate, depending on the state, and this is always a state issue, you can go to either the supplier's website or email them and let them know I want to set up uh, I want to set up um, a dealer account or I want to set up a resale account with you guys. Um, I want to um, you know set up no sales taxes. That's a little abrupt. You can come across as a dealer usually. Heritage Link. You can just come across as a dealer. If it's uh, these other places, you probably want to mention your business, like a Office Depot or something. If you're buying and selling chairs or office equipment or whatever. I just spent 190 on a chair, by the way, and that was on sale. Chairs are freaking expensive, man. That's a crazy business. Um, you can assemble them and deliver them, use a van like I have. Anyway, after you get your permit, and you only have to do that once, it's a one-shot deal as long as you comply. And that means every month, quarter, or year, you send in your uh, information. So if you're running a business, you got to get an Excel spreadsheet, you got to get a notebook, you got to get some books, right? And then you go to your suppliers and you're going to get a form for your specific state. It's usually called a certificate, a resale certificate. And what that form is all about is you want to kind of document what it is you're purchasing for resale. It's not what you're buying on eBay. If you're buying a whole bunch of different stuff, like I buy my wife's makeup, we buy food, we buy stuff from Japan we can't get in the States on, on eBay. 
you don't write that in that certificate or whatever it's called. I can send you the links. I'll provide them in the um, in this podcast. I'll provide all the links below to those forms and, and various uh, representations of those forms, depending on the supplier. So keep uh, keep an eye below. But um, you want to mention your main product. So when when you get that question, what's your business? What do you do? How do you make money? Generally, you answer it with as few words as vaguely as possible for what brings in 51% or more of your revenues. Revenues includes the sale price plus the sales tax you collected plus the fees plus um, maybe shipping. Maybe you charge a fee for a payment. Uh, whatever it is, right? Maybe you uh, take in Patreon like I do. So that's a revenue, right? I get donations for the podcast. Thank you, patrons. I love you. Five guys out there giving me a monthly uh, lunch. Wonderful. That keeps me going. If you want to help the podcast and you're getting a lot of value, this type of stuff is going to cost you probably $500 an hour with a lawyer. It could cost you one year to file an LLC. It's going to cost you a grand. Um, a sole proprietorship should cost you anywhere from two to $500. If you're getting value, please help me out because that allows me to buy some food for my wife and my little family. Go to patreon.com backslash power collectors and sign up and you can make a one-time donation. You can uh, make a one, you know, once per month donation, or you can make, you know, two donations and then cancel. It doesn't really matter. And if you have specific questions to your situation, that is confidential, obviously, we can um, we can exchange that on the DMs at Patreon. And we can also do links to your specific state, city, county. I can also point you in the direction of the forms at Heritage, link, email address, people that I can hook you up with. It's not going to be Valerie. It's going to be resell at ha.com, for example, for Heritage, right? Okay, that's the end of my commercial. And um, you got the idea. It's two forms. You're going to get a permit or certificate with your state. You're going to choose your address very fucking carefully. You're going to choose your name. Then you're going to talk to your family about if you're going to get a DBA. And usually the DBA is either going to be the state or the county. Once you get your name and address, fill out that sales tax paperwork. And then go to your suppliers and start with the biggest, the one you buy the most. Probably Heritage. Set that up there and sit on your hands for a while. You're going to have to have diamond hands because it's going to take probably a week to two to three before you set this up. The great news is once you set this up, I'm estimating an hour to get the first piece of paperwork and then maybe 10 or 30 minutes to fill out the second piece of paperwork. You'll have to print that out and sign it, by the way and then scan it back in to send it to Heritage and send it to eBay because it's going to be slightly different for each platform. And then it's a waiting game. So it's about an hour or two investment. Then you wait three weeks and then forever you get no sales taxes for items that you are buying for the purposes of resale, not for collecting. So this is not collecting. This is not power collecting. This is not... Well, actually, you could... You could write video games off for research if you're a master filling rabbit holes like Dan Gomez. You could buy games as research material and write it off in a different way, which is not the topic of the, this podcast. But if you're buying it to collect, it doesn't work. you got to be a power dealer or a professional, a master, right? 
or a power player like Ken Golden, where, you know, his company just buys it, right? They buy boatloads of stuff, I'm sure. You can do this with Golden, Comic Connect, Comic Link, and I would do it with eBay. So I would start with Heritage and eBay first. I think eBay is going to take the longest. So I would always start big to small in business. You always start with what's the most important thing you sell, what's the most expensive thing you sell. For example, when you're looking at your death pile, which is a term in the reselling community, which means the shit that you have to list and you should have listed, you know, that should be on eBay last year, but you still haven't gotten around it because you're watching social media. You're in a dopamine casino or you're on eBay, like you're on YouTube and eBay like me. That's called a death pile. It's, it's dead inventory because your business is online and no one can buy it. They can't even browse it or see it. The rule of thumb is pick out the most expensive thing and just take it one item at a time. And after you're done with the most expensive item and it's looking nice on eBay, go pick, go take a break, go get the next most expensive item. Do not say to yourself, well, tomorrow I'm going to finish my death pile. It's not going to happen, bro. And girls, it's just not going to happen. It's one item at a time, one piece of paperwork at a time. So number one address, number two name, number three, paperwork with the state, which is free, and then paperwork with your supplier. Okay, that about covers sales taxes. Um, is there anything, I wrote two pages to Fletcher Retro here, and we were talking about DBAs business structure. This is all very complicated stuff, but he said he had a business in the past. He's a power collector, you know, so he's getting back into the game. We just need to eat, update him. Um, business structure is a really good topic, but you know, I've, I've talked about that. I think this is probably what I want to end on. If you do decide to start a business, wouldn't you like to be in business in year three, five, seven, and 10? If so, what are your goals? And let me ask it like this, because I'm more of a financial guy. What are your financial goals? For example, are you sending a kid to college in three years and you're mentally ill and disabled like me, so you're lower income, and you know if you give the, it's called a FAFSA, it's an F-A-F-S-A, and I filed 25 of those. I'm an expert there as well. Um, if you give them the right tax return, you can have your kid go to Stanford for free, Harvard for free, Princeton for free. There are ways to not take out student loans like my quarter million, and it all comes down to the tax return. So if you're starting a business and you're sending a kid through college, you want your kid to get an independent at age 18, and you want them to be low income as soon as possible, one way to do that is get them on eBay. And me and my wife call it a puppet. You know, I sometimes I had to use her name after bankruptcy because my credit was shit. I lost my store. I lost my beautiful brand new truck. This all happened in California, right near Fletcher. Um, I lost my ex-wife. I lost my integrity. I lost my reputation in that hobby around the Bay Area at that time. Then again, 5,000 card shops went out of business. So it wasn't like it was my fault, 9-11. But um, I went to college. I went to college and pulled out financial aid. So we had to start from nothing. So the business was my wife, but I was running it, you know, kind of as a volunteer. You could do the same. You can volunteer and your 
and the business name, the business address is your son or daughter, and they're 18, 19, or 20. They're about to go to Stanford, Harvard, or maybe the college down the street. And all colleges have a financial aid counselor you can talk to. First step there is a FAFSA. And the first thing they're going to ask for is, what is your income? Did you file a tax return? What is the income on your tax return? So that's a really complicated example of your business goals. Your business goals might be, send my kids to college for free. Your business goals might be, I want to buy the retro game shop in my town. He's not doing a very good job. We're in a recession. I'm seeing games piling up on his counter. He's getting too many trade-ins. He's disorganized. He doesn't have a computer system. I think I want to buy that store. And actually, I want to buy the building. And I'm going to hire someone to manage the store. And I'm going to manage the building. Now, if you're going to do that, we need to step on the brakes. And you don't get your sales permit, your sales tax permit. You stop immediately. And now we're talking about possibly two companies, an LLC that holds the building, and then either a sole proprietorship or another LLC or maybe a family business that runs the store. And that is completely different than your home address and name, right? You want the LLC that holds the shopping center to be very vague, like Acme. And then you want the game shop to be something like don't pick grattongames.com because no one could pronounce it. You want to ask your customers in the local community, do you guys like this store name? Do, should we rebrand it? You want to put the customer on a pedestal and maybe do a contest. We're going to give a WADA game to the customer that sends in the rebranding uh, you know, retro game shop that we're going to uh, name and put on the front of the store. And you're going to have to get a sign permit, which is another form of compliance with the city. If you want a sign legally, you have to pay a fee in, in, in addition to, uh, you know, paying 300 bucks for that sign. I've been there, done that. You can put shit on the windows and the doors without compliance. But if you want a legitimate sign in a shopping center, you have to comply. They have to make sure there's enough parking there and all that crap. So that's another high level business goal, right? I want to start a company in my home, but I want to buy a retro game shop someday and I want to add my inventory and get serious and put in slabs because that guy down the street hates water and he doesn't see the future. I think the future slabs, you know, I think it's slabs across the board, whether it's books, paper, cardboard, plastic, circuit boards. I think it's slabs, 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 uh, slabs go in and out, but it's all about the slabs, right? Because it gives the, the buyer peace of mind. It's as simple as that. It makes the transaction simple. And that's something else to keep in mind. This stuff that I'm talking about is all complicated, right? So boil it down to something really simple. We want to grow the business and buy an office warehouse. We want to grow the business and rent an office warehouse. We want to grow the business and buy a condo and run a home office in our second home where we can do content creation and my daughter can become a YouTuber. We want to grow the business under my daughter's name so we can send her to Harvard for free. Those are simple, real, passionate reasons to start this business, you guys and girls. Are you excited? Are you excited? It's never been a better time to build a business. Do you know how many of the greatest businesses have been built in a recession? Look it up online. It's going to be mind-blowing, that list. Henry Ford went bankrupt. Disney went bankrupt. There's so many bankruptcies coming. There's so many business assets that are going to be dirt cheap. 
You want to talk about a real buyer's market? You're going to be able to hire, buy businesses, start businesses cheaper than ever before in the last, let's say, 12 years. So play life like a video game. Try something new. Start a 